0: One more thing, you know, listening to a couple of your podcasts lately and, you know, uh, with with your business, you're, you're in momentum, you're in value, you're in trend following, you're in shareholder yield. There's a whole bunch of things. I heard you say that you believe that trend following is a great complement to value. And I, you know, we're thinking about that because we had this point on on our show a couple of times saying that, well, really, you know, we could be doing just pure trend following 100% of it. That would be great and in fact you know we're doing it and so if i say take my trend following trading system and i scale it to the same volatility as say berkshire hathaway or some other you know value type of investing strategy then the result is well i like my trend following trading system and i don't want the value thing so why do you think it's it's a great blend
1: by far the most important thing in all of the investing space i think is for people to find an approach that works for them. And I actually don't think as I get older, uh, I I don't think the particular investing approach that people undertake is the most important thing. I think the most important thing is, is how much they save and how much they invest in the first place. And when they start to save and invest, I think for most people that swamps how much they're going to return on their portfolios. And so uh, you know, what we love talking about, which is the fun part, which is the sexy part, talking about the investing side. And it's endlessly fascinating. You know, we could spend many, many hours, um, you know, going down rabbit holes of the best way to do value investing or, or momentum or anything else, market cap weighting. I, I think the hardest part for most people, and, and and when I say people, by the way, I mean, I mean institutions too. Most of the institutions we talk to are just as bad as the average person on the street as far as um, building and, and sticking with the portfolio and a lot of the academic research backs that up too um, you know the, is, is finding an approach that works for them and, and the problem with that comment is there's a huge education gap in investing you know so they don't teach in the u.s at least they don't teach personal finance or investing in high school or college not mandatory um, you need a fair amount of financial history to have a good grounding in um, in the markets. And then even once you know that, you really don't find your way, your path until you experience it. You know, So much my, like me going through the bubble in the late 2000s or the people that were buying seven houses in the mid 2000s or um, the people that put all their retirement savings into the top 10 cryptos last year, you don't necessarily know what your investing style is until you felt the real pain of losing money. Um, some people... We mentioned Buffett earlier. Say they were inoculated, kind of at birth. They knew what they, their strategy was going to be forever, and and God bless them. Um, but for a lot of people, they got to kind of stumble their way into it. And the problem, of course, with that is so much of what goes on in our world plays out on not a quarterly or even yearly time frame, but it's decades. I mean, there's some investment approaches that I think are totally viable that could have an entire decade of underperformance. People used to ask me, said, "Meb, what what do you?" is a reasonable time frame to assess xyz strategy and usually talk about my own but i said i used to think it was 10 years now i think it's 20. but how many people you know are, are willing to sit around for 20 years and, and look into an investing strategy uh very few so um I, it's, it's a saturday morning so you guys caught me on on a fair amount of coffee and tea so i'm uh i'm, I'm giving you the the really long-winded workaround answer but the way that i think is most important To build a portfolio and this is what we spend most of our time thinking about actually it's not the the mechanics of the individual portfolios or funds i think we have 11 now it's how can you best structure a portfolio that will keep people behaving well in institutions and so for me you know if you look at buy and hold there's plenty of issues that people have with buy and hold um and the biggest one is is traditionally if you look like a 2018 um, when almost everything went down but certainly in 2008 you know people struggle with the drawdowns and you can't find a 60 40 portfolio globally anywhere that hasn't declined by at least two thirds at some point you know certainly after inflation it can be even far worse um so that's hard because it often coincides with recessions and bad economy and bad geopolitical news flow so again 2008 your portfolio is going down at the same time you're getting a, a margin call on your house at the same time, you may have lost your job and at Lehman and, and all that happens at once. So it's not necessarily a really diversifying investment over the long term, sure, but over the short term, it's not. And that's kind of where trend following shines as a complement to what's going on in the, in the rest of the portfolio. But trend following is as we all know, as most of us probably <laughs> experienced in 2018 and other years um, is not safe from its own struggles. Um, they tend not to be the same struggles and the same timing as a lot of the buy and hold or value stuff. Uh, so, you know, it's the whipsaws, it's the times. Um, the biggest struggle is trend following, I think, for allocators and investors is looking different. You know, is the risk of, hey, the S&P is up 20. Why are you only up five? Or um, whatever it may be, my neighbor's getting rich on Ethereum. Why? Why am I not in this uh, as opposed to this trend-following fund. And so it's a different set of struggles. So we've kind of settled on this yin-yang, and this is what works for me personally, for other people it could be totally different, of half in each. So half in the global market portfolio, which is roughly half stocks and bonds, half the US and half rest of the world, and half in trend-following strategies. And um, this is a riff on an old John Bogle quote, and he would roll over in his grave god bless him i think he's a national treasure but to, to, to hear us talking about trend following <laughs> and, and repurposing his quote about buy and hold but he used to say you know he has a 50 50 stock bond allocation and you know he says because he wants to spends half his time worrying he has too much in stocks and half the time worrying he has too much in bonds mm-hmm. and that's kind of the way that i repurposed repur- into trend following is that i put half in sort of buy and hold investments so when, uh, when the world's cruising along, I, I feel you know soft and fuzzy about how, how things are going and I don't feel too different from everything, but at the same time, I uh, have a large allocation to trend following that, that makes me feel like um, I'm, I'm hopefully protected and diversified when, when it hits the fan too.